Welcome to the week in IndyCar on the Marshall Pruitt podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, Bell Racing Helmets USA, and Jack the Baker Harvey. How you doing, my man? Oh, I'm doing good, man. How are you? Yeah. Hey, you know, I am really excited for no particular reason. My emotions are all over. I might need yeah. antidepressants. I don't know. I could buy you a cookie. Well, you could. The only problem is, as my physique reveals the moment that I walk outside, I've consumed enough cookies in life, Jack Harvey. So <laughs> your your favorite off-track pastime is indeed something that I can't and really don't partake in. Although I'm sure you could maybe bake some sugarless stuff for me, but I actually haven't eaten anything with sugar for about a year and a half now. So uh, oh, that's, that's awesome. You definitely don't want anything from me then, mate. Well, <laughs> <sighs> fair enough. Well, let's do this. You're a busy man, believe it or not. I'm a busy man. Uh, as I mentioned before we started recording, uh, IndyCar president Jay Fry and I have been playing phone tag for almost a week, so he, he's threatened to call mid-podcast. So why don't we be smart monkeys and get rocking and rolling here? We'll get a little bit of fade-in music to help kind of set the mood. We're going to kick things oh, off. Oh, lovely. Yeah, see? Well, that's what you get. You're, you're one of our favorite guests. We're going to start off with our man, Steve Grinstead. I think this might be the first time, Jack, that Steve has written in. He says, Mr. Harvey. Look at that. You're a mister. Do you know what the... Mr. Uh, Harvey. That, uh, made, no. that makes you feel weird almost. I feel like it's, it's feel like someone's talking to my dad or my, my granddad. <laughs> it sounds like the way the judge would address you in court. So we'll leave that yeah. alone. He says, do you know what the uh, Shank team's plans are for the current proposed schedule? Uh, is also wondering what you're doing to survive the shelter-at-home orders. And you've got a couple of others who are uh, wanting to know more about Jack the Baker Harvey. It's all who said yeah. that. Uh, Jim Johnstone mentions, by the way, Jack the Baker Harvey makes you sound like you're a mob hitman in some terrible British mafia movie. <laughs> <laughs> Whacking yeah. some guy with a rolling pin, dragging him away in a giant flower bag. Paolo didn't pay his debts. Send him to the bakery. Uh, like these a, are listeners. Was it, was it Sweeney Todd? Was he the guy who like made the meat pie with like humans? And is that the guy I'm thinking of? Uh, very possibly. Yeah. So, uh, what do we know about uh, how good old Jim Meyer and Mike Shank are thinking about the current proposed schedule? Yourself as well. How are you sheltering at home? And hopefully, you haven't shifted to a life of of taking people out in a weird baking angle. <laughs> I uh, definitely haven't become a mobster with a baking nickname. That When I saw it get posted, it actually made me feel a little bit better about baking because I recognize maybe it's not the most manly thing ever. Um, but when I then was like, oh, maybe it could be like a bit of a mobster. Maybe that's kind of cool. Um, I mean, honestly, mate, I think me, Michael, Jim, you know, everybody on the team, um, we've worked so hard to get to this point that – Whatever races we do this year, however many we do, we're going to all of them. And I think that's the positive thing that we've all been thinking about. It's the thing that's been driving us all forward. We're not missing anything. Um, and that's obviously a result of getting to go full-time after our couple of seasons part-time. Uh, it's just a shame it's not going to be, probably, the full 17 races. Uh, but otherwise, we're just 
just waiting and ready, mate. We're just waiting to see what the uh, what the series said. Maybe you could twist Jay's arm uh, when you speak to him a little bit later on and just try and get the low down. But, um, I, you know, just uh, as difficult as it is to say and people might, you know, scoff at a cliche answer, as soon as we go racing, it's business as usual. It's going to be a busy summer. It's going to be a busy uh, into the fall. But ultimately, whenever there's going to be an IndyCar on track, uh, race weekend will be there every single one of them what about your uh your sheltering at home uh, you know on that topic and we have a couple on i racing and esports we'll get to but sure how out of balance has your life become since the indycar i racing challenge emerged it's, it's become weird honestly like it's um I'm very much a creature of habit, you know, and in the off season, I create a, you know, pretty solid routine. And then, you know, you get to St. Pete in St. Pete, ready to go, come back from St. Pete. And I'm sat there totally my, my thumbs. And I, I felt at least probably for the first two and a half, three weeks of quarantine, I really didn't know what to do with myself, honestly. Uh, you know, I'm sure my girlfriend thought I was a nightmare, um, you know, to be, to be around because I wasn't sulking or anything like that. I just didn't know, I just didn't know what to do. And anyway, gradually over time, I've, you know, learned a little bit about myself in, uh, in quarantine and created a schedule again. Uh, just honestly, I've been trying to do as many, you know, hobbies as I can. Obviously, baking's one of them. Obviously, the danger of that is you sat inside with baked goods all day. Dangerous. Um, I will tell everybody now, I actually have lost weight since quarantine started. So my training's obviously been going very well. Uh, actually, Tony Canard has been a legend, mate. Honestly, he got me set up on one of these uh, bike trainers, and I've been riding with him and Zach Beach. And I guess, in I guess, just trying to stay productive. I guess still trying to stay involved uh, with the team, even if it's just checking in and stuff like that. And obviously, I racing has become a big part of that in the last few weeks, which we can circle back to. But you know, I think me personally. Quarantine, I thought was really quite hard for the first, at least the first three weeks. Now I've got in a bit of a bit of a better rhythm, um, and I just honestly focusing on the focusing on the positive things. Even though we don't know when we're going to go racing, I, I think it's extremely likely we're going to get to some, and that's what I'm excited about. You've just committed the number one foul on the Marshall Pro podcast. It's also oh, no. the number one hashtag. Hashtag me oh, no. personally, yeah. It's oh. it's repetition. You're saying the same thing twice. Me personally. Oh, yeah. So we've had a little teaching moment here. You can say there you, go. you can say both if you want, but really, you just need to say personally. You don't need to personally. say me. see <laughs> me personally. It, you're, you've solved a redundancy. You if we're, if <laughs> words like were lap times, Jack, you just carved one off. Look at that. Boom. I tell you. We'll All right. Take it. And we're confirming no mob hits as well to round that up as well. No mob hits. I probably, uh, I'd like to neither confirm nor deny that. You've got to keep people edgy, mate. Uh, let's go to our man, Simon Rafi, one of your countrymen. It says, Jack, great result on Saturday. That being the, the most recent iRace at Motegi. Asks, have you been doing esports for long or is this something new for you? It was extremely new for me. I actually missed the first week of uh, Watkins Glen. Uh, I just couldn't get a simulator in time. Uh, couldn't Honestly, couldn't just get the sim. My PC didn't arrive. My wheel didn't arrive. The pedals hadn't arrived. You know, I, I very much fell on the back foot when it came to e-racing. And I know people like Felix Rosenquist has been doing it a lot. Obviously, Sage has. 
um, it's been a pretty big learning curve, honestly, mate. Um, I would say I, I mean I really enjoyed the ovals. I enjoyed Michigan. Uh, I really enjoyed Motegi. I mean, we qualified third, finished sixth. I mean, we would take that if we went to a race weekend. Honestly, I think some of the road courses I'm lacking quite a bit of feeling from the car. Hmm. I'm just not feeling what's going on very well. So I'll, I'll know where I'll you know I'll spin or I'll snap oversteer. And I guess there was no forewarning into it, but. Um, I have enjoyed it. I think we've taken some positives, you know, in terms of working as a team. It's a brand new team this year with our partnership with Andretti Technologies. And actually, there's been some good moments of not replicating, obviously, the race weekend because we can't. But at least the way we could all communicate together, I think, has been good. So completely new to iRacing. I'm here to give it a go. I'm trying not to get frustrated. I'm just trying to do the best I can. That. Sounds more than reasonable. Although I would imagine you could probably try and use a joystick or some sort of, you know, Nintendo or, or PS4 controller if you really wanted to get in there. But you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna whip out my uh, Nintendo Wii steering wheel. See if I'm any better <laughs> on that. I love it. All right, let's uh, let's dive into a few dedicated cooking questions and i love the fact that you've gotten many these are folks who right i mean look at what you've built yeah. for yourself here we They're, don't care about motegi that was a good result more importantly how are those cookies bro a hundred percent and i you know i can see a future here when i'm kind of old and no one will hire me you with your massive baking empire might throw you know an old journal a bone yeah you could do you know some profiles about some crap i could totally see i'm gonna walk into an office that smells great every day that we can say for sure uh let's see let's start off with our pal the amazing the amazing retro rebel uh she's just the best <laughs> right she's the yeah, best. yeah she's hysterical um let's go to olivia she says jack I've watched some of the great British Bake Off on Netflix. Has Jack held up his end, though, and watched any uh, at Nailed It episodes yet? I actually did. I watched the first three. Uh, I enjoyed it. Nothing, nothing to me will replace the Great British Bake Off. That's how I got into baking. But I did hold up some of it. So I didn't complete any of the series or anything like that, but I did participate in a couple of episodes. Can I tell you that my wife and I, I don't know, it might have been the summer of 2018. There was a, I don't remember what the circumstances were. Non-racing weekend, obviously wasn't traveling. I think it might have been a Saturday or a Sunday. We we're doing exactly this, farting around on Netflix, looking for something. She finds, she loves to cook. She's amazing. She finds the Great British Bake Off. Mate. Oh. We tore through, I believe, two seasons. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. We never, you know, she was like, okay, go get some snacks and bring them back to the bed. I'm like, I want to get crumbs all over the place. Go get the snacks. All right, all right. Um, yeah, that was amazing. We might have even gotten to, the, to a third season as well. So, oh, the, the best is you watch an issue and you're like, why am I watching a baking show? And then two episodes in, you're criticizing them without <laughs> any experience. You're like, oh, he's definitely opened that door. Bad choice. Shouldn't have done that. Oh, too much fruit in that fruitcake. Too much fruit. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you're spot on. And again, man, Isn't it? I couldn't bake it, water if I had to. But, uh, oh, Lord. Let's go. Uh, yeah, we got a couple here. Uh, Raymond Wong. 
Jack, ever thought about opening a bakery shop once your driving career is over? And who would you hire to help manage it? That last one's my favorite part of the question. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, why not? I guess, you know, I see, uh, I see there's some potential. Uh, I'm not a baker, but maybe, you know, I could participate a little bit. Uh, I got a couple of friends who, you know, it's amazing how often I get that question now, you know, like what about post racing? What about bakery? Um, I'd be up for it. Uh, manage it with me. I would need a baker really. But would you, or would you just need someone who's like all strict process driven, super anal, super clean. I'm kind of tipping my hand saying your teammate, Alexander Rossi might be the perfect guy to manage it. I feel like he'd be very clinical about it all. And would you just like spill flour on the ground just to watch his reaction and kind of get really tight and mad that things are no longer perfectly clean? I would. I would probably I would probably do it somewhere, not tell him. I think that would probably make me happier. <laughs> I'd just sprinkle a bit somewhere and see how long it took. And then him be like, how long's it been there, dude? I'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've walked past it for a week. I thought you yeah, were getting right. it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, let's go to our yeah, pals. Pickle juice stain the countertop. I thought you were getting it. <laughs> okay, call him. See, pour it, let it, put it someplace where he wouldn't see it. Then call him into the, I, excuse me. We need to have a meeting and call him in and just dress him down for missing. Yeah. yeah just don't tell him you're the guy who put it there and you set the whole thing yeah, up right. just to yell at him. Uh, let's go to our pal stitch Turner. Jack, since you're a vegan, what do you use to substitute for eggs while baking? I'm a vegan. Apparently, if not, you've just oh, become one. Vegan. Sure. I mean, uh, I've made a couple of vegan cakes, uh, mostly because my girlfriend uh, just has some intolerances and my sister's vegan. So I thought maybe I would dabble at just trying to learn a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, you can just go and buy egg replacer, honestly. Uh, I think by the end, the thing I don't like about cooking vegan um the mixture just always seems like it's not combined. There's so much oil and things like that. It just always seems like super runny and I just never feel like I'm getting the same level of consistency. And fun fact, I think vegan cakes are actually almost more calorific because of the amount of fats you have to put in them in the first place. So probably not, probably not more calorific, but they definitely don't have this healthy perspective that, people think they are if you want to go like sugar free that would be good but i think just going like vegan free doesn't or dairy free or something like that it's not always like the oh it's as healthy as everyone thinks kind of approach that somehow it's mistaken for look at that we're getting edumacated on baking <laughs> on the weekend indycar show during the shutdown so if you came here for hard-hitting racing uh q a uh we're not doing a lot of that at the moment here uh, we're going to our pal jerry sudath hey jer says this might be an off-base question, but is there anything about baking that helps you with racing? And when are you going to make your cameo appearance on Bon Appetit's YouTube channel? First off, I would love to go on Bon Appetit. There's a couple of bakers that I follow who I absolutely think are just amazing, who I did reach out to and was like, hey, if you ever wanted to do something, I'm totally up for it. <laughs> None of them reached out. You've just that described my life basic, basically here. Should I, <laughs> I reached out to uh, Sylvester Stallone through his publicist nice. late last week, and it was this intense email exchange back and forth. She, his, his PA, 
super nice. So again, no, nothing critical or negative to, to be said there, but similar routine of like, Hey, would really like to connect with, talk about the, the movie driven uh, anniversary is coming up here. It's the movie I'd love to hate more than any, like most people and yeah. same thing, but I did get a response and went back and forth. And I, I mean, I probably wrote 2000 words throughout this entire email exchange and then get back a lovely response. So maybe you'll get one here as well sometime soon. Let me try and find it just because it was written so amazingly. And then actually I got a few more from uh, a few other cast members from the movie who all declined to be interviewed or to talk about it. I think that ah, there's a little bit of a theme. It's the biggest piece of trash ever. And folks probably and rightfully assume if you're reaching out to ask about it, uh, they're probably going to get bopped in the head. Uh, I advise Mr. Stallone of your request. However, he has not responded with any interest. (laughs) Ah, It's the best. Nice. Yeah. Well, keep sending out the inquiries, man. They're going to get back to you soon. Folks are going to do Google searches for you and it's going to come up. Not Jack Harvey race car driver. It's going to be Jack the Baker Harvey. And all of a sudden cameos are going to fly. What about uh, that'd, that'd helping be great your... post racing? But see, you could get the dual thing going here. This is how IndyCar becomes world famous, like it was True. decades ago, because of you. You're the conduit through baking. Have you ever thought about that? I feel a bit better about it now you said that. Good. I like that. So, Jerry's question about anything about baking that oh, helps yeah, you with racing. <laughs> if not, make something up, please, because this would be amazing. Because I really you know, do want to hear. 23 other full-time IndyCar drivers massively diving into baking because they've heard that it will make you go faster. Do you know what I enjoy about baking where I take just a little bit of some parallels to racing? Because I get asked this a bit. And there's a few things. Uh, In baking, you have a process. And if you miss a step, the outcome could be different. You have your key ingredients in in the right quantities. And you have to be accurate. And if I break it down again, you know, I think going to the track with a good consistent program or process about how you're going to approach a weekend, you know, you can then dissect why something was good, why something was bad. And if you need to make a change, it's easy to insert it into a consistent process. That's what I like about baking. You always need key ingredients. You need loads of different types of personalities on the team. But you also need to know in what quantity you often need them. So I like that for the same kind of reason. And then the accuracy and the precision of it, because I can I can tell people now I have ruined cakes and stuff like that by being, you know, just a little bit out or they were good. And then I really nailed the correct measurements. And it was just, it was enough better where it felt like the difference between starting pole and starting eighth. You're kind of happy with your lap, but it wasn't perfect. Same kind of thing. So I don't know whether kind of clutching for similarities or just happened to kind of stumble upon them when I did. Uh, but certainly it's not like one of those things where it's like, no, mate, there's no, there's nothing that overlaps. I think there are a few things that could overlap. And the thing I like about bacon is when I get it wrong, I can usually go back and pinpoint what went wrong. Ooh, and data, that's what we try and do on a race weekend. Data analysis. Ooh, I like that. See what yeah, we mostly just on visuals and taste, but yeah. See what we've we've discovered here. 
any IndyCar driver who's not into baking, not really committed to their full-time job. That's what I just heard Jack Harvey say here. Um, I saw saw Max started. He baked a cake for his wife. I know Marcus's girlfriend bakes a lot, and she rubbed a bit off, and he baked something. So it's happening. The bake, the the baking takeover is happening. Just slow burn. You should be getting paid for this. There should be royalties. I, I'm yeah. not totally sure. I buy the Max Chilton baking some for his wife. I bet you, if you saw a photo I swear of it, to God. if they zoomed I swear out, to you'd God. see the box from the bakery somewhere. But you know, maybe. <laughs> I love the idea, though, of Jack. Jack, I love the idea. It's just so crazy to think of Max doing something manual like that. It's so awesome. There's hope for the world after all. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to close the baking 500 with Mike Mata, who says, Jack, what is your favorite cookie recipe you've made so far? Uh, the favorite one I made was actually the one I made uh, this weekend, just gone. It's, um, it's a New York-styled double chocolate chip cookie. Uh, it's, it's decadent. You know, it's, uh, my girlfriend called it voluptuous. It was the perfect balance of like, it was, you had it and you felt full without feeling totally ashamed that you'd eaten a whole one, <laughs> but you were happy to eat like half of one tomorrow. And what makes it New York? It's basically, uh, the size that the cookies come out and basically how thick they are. I'll, s- I'll send you a photo of them so you so you know. So if you make like a regular cookie and think about, uh, you know, Chips Ahoy or something like that, where these ones are like three times the size, you put a bit more baking powder in it so it allows it to rise a bit more. It's got a bit of self-rising flour in it or self-raising flour in it, should I say, opposed to just all-purpose flour. Uh, it just basically gives them a bit more height. Wow. But the other thing about what I enjoyed about it is um, – so the, the texture and the when you actually make the cookie dough batter, whatever you want to call it, um, it's pretty crumbly. So then you just fire two eggs in there. But then when you actually go to bake them, you've got to put the pan in when the oven's preheating yeah. because you actually ever so slightly burn the bottom of them because they're so um, – they fall apart so easy in your hand, which is obviously great to taste. You actually have to very slightly burn the bottom of them just to try and keep them together. It sounds like betting in breaks or uh, <laughs> trying to, you know, uh, cure a set of, of new tires. Just, just you know, that one lap, a little bit of heat, just want to heat cycle them with a, a touch, but not yeah, all the it, yeah. See, we're finding parallels that don't really exist, but it's okay. We make stuff up. Hey, it it's fun matter. to think about. All right. We're going to ask a question that's about racing. I don't know if you've heard about racing, Jack. Quite interesting. Folks have questions about that, too. Yeah, racing's my hobby outside of baking. <laughs> We're going to go to our pal Jordan Darwin. says, Jack, does the delayed season in the August Indy 500 reduce the advantage of the larger teams or not? Interesting one. Oof. Not everyone's uh, as prepared as they might have been. Not everybody knows what the schedule's going to lay out like. Hmm. Uh. Mm. I could see an argument for both. Uh, I could see a way where the bigger teams are actually probably in a stronger position. Um, if they can keep people working more, uh, you know, during the, during this, you know, shutdown from home, obviously the resources they, they have, I can also see it being a bit of a leveler because it actually hopefully is preventing them from continuing to spend, you know, where perhaps they might have continued to spend. So, Hmm. 
I think I'm going to answer as a smaller team. I'm going to hope that they have a less of an advantage when by the time we come to the to the track. Um, you know, I think we as a team at Myshank Racing have gone about quarantine. If there was a if there was a better way to go about it, it certainly hasn't been obvious. Jim and Michael have been fantastic during this time. I hope it transitions to a successful season whenever that is. If we wanted to go racing next weekend, we're all in. Um, do the big teams have an advantage because of it? I'm not sure. I'm going to go to a very serious question here from our mm. man, Brian Lubinsky. Mr. Harvey, you've just been handed the best contract ever. It's a mm. five-plus-year contract with Meyershank Racing. You get to mm. pick your own crew, engineers. You get the best equipment and car available. But mm. you have to play a leading role in the movie Driven 2 the new worst racing movie ever made. You'd be ridiculed for years in the paddock and publicly. Would you sign that contract? Man, that's of all the would you rathers that I've ever heard. That might be the worst one I've ever been asked. (laughs) Right. That's a tough one because when did driven come out? It came out in 2001. Okay. So nearly 20 years ago, People are still declining to take interviews about it. Hundred percent. Even the guys that oh, need man. the publicity won't don't want to talk about it. Oh, that's a tough one. Think about all the mm. wins you could have. You could be celebrated Honestly, as a as a great winner, but permanently yeah. tarnished for as an actor. Yes, I would do it. You do I, it in the end. Yeah, honestly, it'd be a no brainer. I'd do it. Because frankly, I'm, I'm a terrible actor and I've got a pretty monotone voice at times. So I just be like, yeah, however, look at that 500 ring, man. And then that would be enough for me. That's feel like that. I feel like turning around someone and being like, yeah, but check out the minute the baby Borg is like the best comeback ever. Like it's like, that's like the like, argument ender. So I'm, I'm in. And see what you don't know is you just said you're a terrible actor. As if that's a disqualifying factor, <laughs> right? Actually, Same. I'm probably more likely to get it now. Because Holy I said that. crap, and the Oscar goes too. I mean, <laughs> mo- speaking in monotone, I, I mean, tell me the point yeah. in Driven 1 where it wasn't just people reading yeah. lines from a if, cue if, card. I'm going to Blackham, beat you tomorrow. I am a better driver than was you. A voice. It's you, Jack Harvey. Exactly. You could be NC. You could play yourself, Jack the Baker Harvey. And when you're trying (laughs) to pass someone and can't get by, you throw those big ass New York chocolate, double chocolate cookies and, you know, hit them and spin them out. Instead of flipping coins, I'm going to flip cookies out and then bring all three in on the rear wheel. (laughs) We've done it. Where you're in. I'm calling Shank <laughs> when we're done to get that dang contract going. If that's what it, it takes to get you in Call driven Sylvester back, tell him that we've got number two in the works. It's happening. We're going to be not that they set the bar super high. Cause I think that scene alone would make it better. Jack's just going to drive around flip, you know, a new nil away for cookie out. Boom. Come back in. Perfect. Jesus. You're getting a um, writing credit producing credit <laughs> craft services credit this is amazing man uh all right let's uh, let's go to jamie carr who says jack since you're sponsored by an auto dealership what was your first car and any interesting stories about questionable adolescent exploits in a road car 
Uh, my very first car was a sis- my sister's hand-me-down Citroen Saxo. Oh, so your sister hated you is what you're telling me? Uh, well, I mean, she upgraded to a, uh, a, I'm not even sure if it was a big upgrade. She upgraded to this Peugeot 206, but it was like the weird one that didn't like, I don't know, Mark, I'd have to send find a picture of it. It didn't feel like much of an upgrade. Uh, but anyway, I got the Citroen Saxo for a bit. However, just before I got it, my sister was like, okay, let's do some burnouts. How do I do that? I was like, well, let's jump in the car and do it. So I showed her how to do it. And she came to do it, and we broke the drive shafts. <laughs> Literally, we were like, on the limiter, we moved maybe about a meter, and then just... <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can tell you, my dad was a weird kind of... He was impressed that we wanted to try it, didn't love the outcome. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like breaking the brand new car to make people happy. Yeah. Uh, let's go to uh tony moss he says jack killer drive last year the indy gp in the rain and he says hopes that's the first of many podiums for you it's curious how much experience in the junior formulas did you have in the rain is there a favorite thing mm. about driving in the rain the worst uh yeah i mean honestly uh, gp indy last year was for sure my indy car highlight no, no, no doubt about it i'd felt a little uh intimidated being behind scott on a wet track i've never driven the indy car in the rain um you know so i really didn't know what to expect i thought that race went pretty well i'd say in junior formulas i feel like i did most of my wet weather running in go-karting honestly uh, i had a few pretty good f3 victories in the rain and things like that. I think my, my favorite part is just feeling the car almost like dance underneath you. And honestly, just trusting the car that's going to be there. Obviously the risk versus reward is, is, is quite high, um, or quite low, I guess, depending on how you want to, you want to see it, you can quickly, uh, topple over. Um, but yeah, I think on, you know, naturally coming from the UK, cue all the, every time it rains, someone's like, Oh, you brought the weather with you. Did you like, yeah, of course. Cause it only rains in the UK. You know, throughout Gokhan and Junior Formulas, um, you know, I've certainly done my fair share of uh, times in the rain. I remember when I was Gokhan once, I was like so wet and my hands were cold. I came in crying and my dad was like, let's go, let's get back out there. Um, wow. You know, so um, had some really good victories in the rain. I, for as intimidated as I felt, a little, you know, nervous at the situation. I was still, you know, somewhat confident I wasn't going to do something goofy and throw away uh, you know a good result which we didn't and actually in the last few laps of that race i was you know recatching scott pretty pretty quickly so who would have known what could have happened in a couple of laps certainly didn't have simon's pace because uh, he was a missile but um let's go to our man jj gertler and also let's go to shauna oakwood thanks for sending this in shauna ask similar things curious about how this new technical alliance with andretti autosport is going knowing that mm. Obviously, we're still waiting to kick off the actual racing portion of the season, but JJ in particular also asks if you've noticed any significant differences from Meyer Shank's former technical partner, and Shauna is curious in particular if you have made any new or finer relationships with the Andretti Autosport drivers. Uh, ooh, lots to get through. I think that uh, the relationship so far that we have with Andretti Technologies is working out very well. 
you know, certainly at the the Austin test, I thought we looked pretty good. Uh, you know, we've looked good at Sebring when we tested there. I'm really enjoying working with my engineer, Andy Least. Um, I think he's a guy who has been waiting for the opportunity. And the first thing I'll say is getting a racing opportunity isn't exclusive just to drivers. You know, that's to engineers as mm. well. And happy that, you know, we can do this first full season with Andy as well. And certainly that relationship, that deal actually got done pretty quickly, mate. Honestly, I remember, you know, Michael kind of mentioning it and, you know, we chatted about it and it just kind of kept ticking away like nicely, you know, um, there was no big, or at least, you know, not, not, not that he told me, <laughs> you know, big hiccups or hurdles or anything like that. Everybody was really united in wanting to get something done. Um, you know, in the transition from, what was SPM last year into Andretti, I think has been a really nice step, uh, you know, much different way of doing some things, um, you know, and ultimately, you know, not in, a, not in a negative way, but we're obviously hoping that the partnership ends up being a bit more fruitful so we can keep getting better results on track. Um, haven't spent a ton of time with the other drivers yet, just because honestly, we went to what one test or two tests um, and one of them even got rained out for for a day. So um, I was excited just to continue to get to know everybody, you know, throughout the season. Um, obviously, try and beat them as well. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's a relationship where time will still tell. You know how good everything really plays out. But our our initial feelings and the positivity that I think both teams have created for our program is. Is extremely high, is extremely high. Sorry, and I certainly couldn't be any happier with the effort level that we've received from everybody on both sides of the team. So, just excited to get going whenever we finally do. All right, let's go to a couple more, and then we're going to let you back to forty-seven straight hours of practicing for Circuit of the Americas I race. I assume. I um, need it. Uh, you don't. You really don't. I have <laughs> implored. Mr. Fry and others make the cars available an hour before the race. So, ah, and right. I don't know if I do two laps. Well, but the point being is instead of having a full week with the race and qualifying setups to learn and master and turn this into a 80 hours of prep, let's have a no prep, uh, IndyCar I racing challenge, right? We, you get the cars with those setups. Now I realize you could test using a different setup, but it still wouldn't be exactly what you had uh, for the actual IndyCar iRacing Challenge. No prep, basically. Comes live an hour before. You got an hour to practice. We're going to go into qualifying and then race. <sighs> Falling on deaf I ears. Be, I think that'd be fun just to be like, right, no one's going to know where we're at until Thursday. Well, there you go. Yeah. Let's go. And then, then literally put you on a timer and go, right, you have an hour. Go. Yeah, and it's actually times out. Right? Like locks yeah. you out. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, let's go to Thomas Ayrton, who says, Jack, can you explain the feeling you had when you earned that GP3 win at Silverstone? And who in that stacked field mm. was most fun to race against? He says, also, you were teammates with Connor Daly that season. Man, that must yeah. have been a challenge. Uh, has <laughs> the friendship carried over to IndyCar? Oh, it definitely did. Um, when I first came to America, even to do a test, you know, I stayed in the hotel for like a week and then actually ended up staying with uh, Connor and uh, and Beth and Doug 
Uh, yeah, I stayed in their basement for it must have been nearly two months, I guess. Wow. You know, so that relationship has been, uh, you know, probably stronger now in a lot of ways, just because, you know, we've got so many more memories together. And, you know, what I remember in that GP3 year was the first time he did his first 500, um, you know, and watching and supporting him, you know, from afar, I thought was really, uh, you know, quite cool. Um, you know, so amazing to see that, again, another guy disappointed for this year because he kind of got back to doing all the races and then obviously coronavirus jumped in. Um, up to probably winning the Freedom 100 in 2015, I think my best, one of my best racing memories, if not the best, was winning in GP3 at Silverstone. Um, you know, the main race started second, I got the guy off the line, had an awesome start, had an awesome race, uh, managed the tires really well and was just honestly flying. Uh, but I think being on the F1 weekend, being a full member of the BRDC, home race, home track, all that jazz, I mean, mm. the, the level of pride that, you know, I felt and how happy I was. And honestly, how many people were still there to watch the race, it was uh, it was just incredible, you know. And honestly, up to winning the Freedom, that's, the be- that's probably the best thing I've ever had. Um, people we raced with that year, you know, Danny Kvyat was uh, the champion that year. Obviously, Connor was there. Uh, Carlos Sainz was then that year. Uh, you know, Theo Illinas was there. Uh, Faku Regalia. I mean, there was a lot of like really good guys. Um, you know that season, and I think especially now, you know, it's like Danny and Carlos and those guys, and seeing like where they've continued to progress onto. You know, it certainly makes me feel proud of what we were able to achieve in that group. I actually made a mistake at Spa, and you know, probably took myself out of second position at the end of the year in the championship, you know, I think we could have been battling to win, but, you know, feel like we could have been top three. And then, and I think I finished fifth, but, uh, yeah, that was just a really competitive year, you know, and a lot of really good drivers in it. Um, probably not one who sticks out as the best. Um, but I certainly am proud to see, you know, how good Danny has been doing again and, uh, you know, how well Carlos is doing for McLaren and, just makes me i look back at those moments feeling good about you know myself as well amen well we're going to take one more question we're going to stick on the home front i just you know you want to know how important you are i just sent jay fry to voicemail so huh wow yeah i know wow now, well it might, it might be another week till we connect now but that's okay <laughs> You know, I love I the one I'm with, so uh, I'm sticking. I wouldn't have been offended. Well, it's okay. Uh, look, <laughs> I, I'm not blowing smoke here. You're making the time. We're going to make this happen. Uh, Thank you. Let's stick with the home family here. Well, we got one here. We got Richard Parsons. Curious how you think IndyCar might grow in popularity in the UK. Uh, I know we just touched on that a little bit. Um, mm. What do you think there? And I want to roll in one other question. So, Let's talk about if you think there's anything additionally we could do to grow IndyCar's popularity there beyond maybe holding a race. Um, sure. And then we have a, a baking question we're actually going to close on. <laughs> I think one of the best things F1, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. I think one of the best things F1 did recently was that Netflix series and the level of interest it brought back to Formula One in terms of following people around. Um, I, I know they're expensive to make and things like that, but I feel like maybe not specific to the UK, but a way that IndyCar could potentially grow would be a, a more personal look at the drivers, mm. you know, or the teams. And, you know, basically people see us with their helmets on all the time, but probably some people would be able to recognize me from my helmet, not my face. Um, 
I think IndyCar was making En-ROADS. I think the that Netflix series maybe perked F1 up a little bit again. Um, I personally, being from the UK, I would love to see IndyCar go back to the Festival of Speed at Goodwood. I think that would just be amazing. I think having a presence at some one of those big motorsporting events would be quite cool. Uh, and honestly, even right now, I know nobody's really getting to go racing, but the fact that it's on you know, Sky Sports in the UK, I think is really great. Um, naturally, doing a race there, I would love to see it at Silverstone. But I actually think if you wanted to do something that wasn't a cliche, Brands Axe GP, Donington Park would be also like really great places to go because they've got a great fan base. And then throughout the rest of Europe, the UK is so easy to get to maybe instead of just tackling the UK market, you could tackle several. Um, I would love to see, I really would love to see them go back to the Festival of Speed. You know, I, every year an IndyCar is not there. I just think that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, we're going to close with a perfect question for you. This comes in from our man Joey of the Priuses. It says, for the one and only Harvey, the Wonder Hamster, if good. you were a baked good... Which baked good would you be? And he asks, would MP be a hamburger bun? How about the rest of the IndyCar paddock? Kyle Kaiser is obviously a Kaiser role, but what about everyone else? We need some answers here. What would you be as a baked good? What are some other baked goods we would assign to your rivals? Oh, wow. I think probably one of my, my favorite, I don't know if I haven't even baked this yet, but the, the thing I like the most is probably sticky toffee pudding. I don't know if you guys have had that. I don't know. know what it is. Is that um, you or is that another driver? Oh man. Or would that, would that Ooh. be, I mean, I'm a ham, I'm already the hamburger in the hamburger and French fries <laughs> show with, with Bourdais. So that's kind of taken naturally sure. the, the fluffy stuffy sticky thing like that would be me. Otherwise, would that be Paul Tracy then? I feel like Paul is more of a sticky bun. Yeah. Although he's had his shots, he's had his shots. So I think that might've cleared up, but, uh, Oh wow. What a question has completely caught me off. (laughs) Scott Dixon. What, what baked good is Scott Dixon? Okay. I can actually tell you this and I, I, and I guess cause it, it springs to mind and this is my ultimate favorite cookie ever. It's a chocolate digestive because it is the number one all round biscuit that you can get. There's nothing that beats it. That is Scott Dixon. Wow. All right. What that about Scott Dixon? What about Zach Veach? <laughs> Mate, he's like a nil away from Mini. Oh, well. Now, was that made by Keebler Elves? Because that's the other question, <laughs> right? Oh man. Um, uh, how about? I, you know, I, I'll have to say that I love Zach, and I feel I like him so much. I feel confident. Oh, like, don't try and clean it joke, up. You don't. He, don't clean it is, up. He is that little Mini nil away from me i'm telling you see i'm peddling a theory that he loves fish tanks because it's actually just the easiest way for him to cook like from tank to table right he, <laughs> he doesn't really love fish he just you know he's like hey that looks good that's a little tasty bite uh yeah. let's see what about colton herta and again we're talking baked goods not you know you don't bake tacos no what is his obsession with tacos? Side note. Victory tacos. That's a tradition his dad built. Whenever he won, they'd go and get victory tacos. It's pretty cool. Oh, there you go. That's nice. Cool. Uh, Colton Hurt is a cookie. Mm. Or General well, Big Good. Really. 
I'd say souffle, possibly, when he's got his hair, like, fully just raging. Oh, man, that's some nice flow. Yes. I know I'm kind of answering your questions for you here. What about, uh, what about James that's Hinchcliffe? That's a nice flow. James, uh, he's got to be, what, a uh, maple cookie, right? I mean, I can't think of anything other than Canada when I think about James. But bourbon-infused. Bourbon-infused. Yeah, there you go. Bourbon-infused maple cookie. That's a nice one. I feel like Col- Colton must be more of like a, like a younger kind of biscuit. Like I'm thinking like s'mores, like a s'more. Ooh, you know? okay. What about, uh, what about Ed Carpenter? <laughs> Ooh, Ed. Mm. And something I would say, it's a, it's a staple. I feel like he's more of like a staple dish, you know, maybe um, angel food cake, something like that. Something that, you know, it's just, is, is there, you know, something that you really like. Oh, I'm trying to think. No, I don't know. He's not angel food cake. If anything, maybe Colton's more, no, probably angel food cake could even be Zach. No, uh, I'm something with vanilla for Ed. I'm just thinking. I think that's why I like the angel food cake because okay. it's 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 kind of it's never going to offend you. You know, it's pretty. I, I like Ed a lot. I have to say that I like Ed a lot. It's decidedly American, I believe. Although I don't know the etymology of its history, but I'll just claim angel food cake is cake I think, is American. I think we could. I feel like we should totally do that. Okay, you could make. If you were baking for Ed, you would bring him a red, white, and blue angel's food cake. I think that's what you would do. I think you would have to. I would feel weird doing anything else. Yeah. What about, uh, I mean, this might be the hardest one to answer. Maybe we close on this. Will Power. Oh. I need something. What, what, what thing has big eyes? But what also is kind of ragey, right? I mean, you, yeah. you've got sticky buns. just a ton of spice, mate. You yeah. know, like Will Power is just like a ton of spice. I mean, he's like an aggressive cinnamon bun, you know. He's like a he's like an aggressive, not sweet, but more like a savory cinnamon roll, you know. And I would probably cut the inside out just to emphasize the eyes. <laughs> Isn't there like a devil's food cake to kind of compliment oh, the angels? Yeah. Is would that be power? Because that guy's kind of devilish, right? His feed on iRacing is just hysterical. It could be a second form of income. If he was charging <laughs> folks on Twitch just to hear him mouth off, oh, he'd make really? more money than Roger pays him. <laughs> All right, have we assassinated enough people? with? Uh, the, and just know that the next time you're on, we're going to cover off the rest of the paddock too. So <laughs> We'll do that steadily throughout the year. I like this. We've got officials, team owners. What is Chip Ganassi? Oh, is there, you know, is it possible to make a marshmallow oh, cake? That would be Chip, I, right? And I'm not one to talk. I don't, I don't know Chip well enough to know what cake is. I think you could guarantee you'd never get hired by him if you get the, <laughs> if you get the, the choice wrong. So I'm probably putting you out of work in a couple places in the future here. Uh, but all right mr harvey awesome I, I hope folks realize this podcast really not too different than a normal conversation you and i have it's full of just lots of meaningless nonsense <laughs> racing does get thrown in it's usually just laughs yeah. and stupidity so <sighs> 
Well, thank you to you. Thanks to the listeners for the great questions. I know you had fun. Thank you for making time between iRace and practice session 27 and 28. Thank you to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com, Bell Racing Helmets USA. I got to call Jay Fry back. 